podcast. I'm Lori Roggenkamp, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Maria Felix, and our resident guest, Cash Abdumalik. Hello. Hello. That's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's all you got. That's all. That's all I have. Uh, hey, we, oh, sorry. Oh, now you think of more. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. It's sorry. too late. All right, everybody. We left. We last left off uh, on Gislaine on Ghislaine Maxwell Part One, and today we're doing Part Two. I originally thought that this would be just a two-parter, but um, that's not the case. And I'm running off very little sleep, so today we're covering just the '90s. Wow because of just the uh, extent of detail. And I'm really still only scratching the surface of, because if I did like a, the deep, the if I had the time, the kind of time that like QAnon people have, yeah. then, <laughs> then with the Ghislaine Maxwell case, I definitely see being able to convert. Yeah. Just because it, yeah. <laughs> it's all so weirdly, yeah, weirdly connected. So stupid. Yeah. So fucking stupid. We're both watching <laughs> that documentary series, and my aunt and I were watching it the other day, and we're just like, the amount of time these people seem to have throughout the day. I would right? love to know their schedule. <laughs> like, it's it's so convenient for them. The one guy, and we're talking about Q into the storm on HBO. Oh yeah, sorry, I should have said that. The one guy that's like. Somebody had to come tell me that it was it was Christmas morning. It's like, what? <laughs> yes. Like yeah. Cash said the best thing. He was like, "That must be real nice for your wife." Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, did you exactly. see her? Did you see her face? She just looked like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like she probably was like, yeah, as long as he's not talking about QAnon over here, like we're fine. Oh, they've got a healthy cut going on. She's she's being she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. grocer grocer boy is taking care of her a healthy cuck that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's your cuck. that's your conspiracy theory for everything right now is that every relationship <laughs> just has a healthy cuck it's no, not, not wrong not everyone but QAnon ones for sure oh for sure <laughs> that's a healthy cuck well anyway <laughs> so when we left off in part one we were in 1991 right after Ghislaine Maxwell had moved to New York following the mysterious death of her father. She had just moved into an apartment and had to lay low since all of her father's money had been taken away. Uh, for the following information, we're relying mostly on the 2016 indictment on behalf of Epstein and Maxwell victim Virginia Drewfree Roberts, the 2020 indictment from the state of New York, and various publications. Maxwell has had headlines every day to date of this recording. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the latest, and I wrote this yesterday. They might, um, there might be new headlines today, for God's sakes. The latest is that her lawyers have filed a complaint, and this was back in February, that she is kept in nearly uninhabitable conditions. So then yesterday, prosecutors went on record saying that jail staff <laughs> has had to remind Ghislaine to clean her, quote, very dirty cell. 
and that she doesn't often flush the toilet. <laughs> yeah, she's being real gross in there. Oh, well, that that's <laughs> comes from a privileged life of having somebody do it for you. That's what I that think is. it's that. And I also think it's her way of trying to dirty up the cell so that she could say that she doesn't have oh. living, like good living conditions. But yeah. it's really just her like spreading poop on her walls like the degenerate she is. Ugh. It's very Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like she's hovering above the toilet and kind of missing some of her poop so it hits the sides. Yes. Oh, man. She- <laughs> like, there's, there's too much poop in this fucking cell. You've got to clean it the fuck up. That's Johnny Depp visiting her. Yes. Oh, that was. I thought that was Amber Heard. I thought you were doing Amber Heard there. Amber! <laughs> Get the fuck back in the car. <laughs> oh my god, Johnny. Why are you being so mean? That's pretty much Amber Heard. Amber yeah. Heard is so fucking basic. Her voice is just Ugh. whatever. You're basic. Johnny, back to 1992. One New York socialite told the New York Post that in, uh, she said this in 2000. Uh, there's a story that Maxwell's name was so detested in London that she had to walk around in a blonde wig so people wouldn't recognize her. <laughs> so... I mean, who knows how true that is, but well, the ma- because of her dad, it was a pretty people. I people in London really did hate them or hate him. I should say. I mean, to be honest, so, though, it was obviously like people were like, "Don't go near Ghislaine. She's Ghislaine. She is a crazy person who just wears a blonde wig everywhere." <laughs> yeah, and they're like, <laughs> she really lost it after her yeah. father. So. Ghislaine, living off an inviolable trust that afforded her a hundred thousand a year, so she's not broke. Uh, she rented a two thousand dollar apartment, which, with inflation, means three thousand fifty four, give or take, uh, on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And then she set about finding a new career or a rich husband, whichever came first, <laughs> or both. <laughs> No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's said by many different reporters that before his death, there was a time when Robert Maxwell had hoped for Ghislaine to marry JFK Jr. The two didn't marry, obviously, but were friends until JFK Jr.'s death. Besides him, we know that she also dated Count Gianfranco Chichagogna, an aristocrat whose family owns the Siga Hotels, or they own them, I should say, which is a group of hotels in Europe that used to be royal palaces. Um, I don't know who owns it now. For a while, I guess it was Starwood Hotels, and then I looked up um, one of them, which is now owned by Marriott, which is kind of fun. Yeah, so, it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's kind of nice. We're Marriott people. We're Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're part of the points program. You're part of the. That's my dad. My dad is part of the points program, and he's constantly like, "Get go if you go somewhere, go to Marriott, stay at a Marriott. I get points for it if you go." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna stay at a freaking Marriott, Dad. It's like five hundred dollars for one room. <laughs> Points that up." I'm like, "Okay, thank you." Yeah, I used to think Marriott was the shit, and then we were watching Succession. And fucking, what's his name? <laughs> Rory Culkin was like, ugh, I stayed at a Marriott tonight. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, what's wrong with that? 
<laughs> oh yeah. And then I realize that I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, we are uh, on the very low echelon. Yeah. Now, for another little tangent, this is how QAnon claims that it all connects together. Uh, True and on Pod at Twitter <laughs> posted a sort of centering here between two of her great loves, speaking about Ghislaine, Jeffrey Epstein, and Count Gianfranco Sicona, the anniversary of Sicona's death. In South in the South African air show air show was on June thirtieth, two thousand and twelve. Epstein was arrested on July sixth, two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> and then he followed up with, "I don't think there's any conscious significance to this, of course, but always good to look at the numbers." Somebody replied, "Weird coincidence." Uh, Sigogna, Sikogna, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm really mispronouncing that. <laughs> I think it's great. I think you're Sigogna. doing a great job. Sigogna <laughs> derives directly from the Latin Sisonia for, quote, stork, the bird. The visual novel Sisonia Nonaku Koroni, which means when the storks cry. <laughs> released in October last year, is in part about shadowy power brokers manipulating child soldier, soldiers to do their bidding. So it all connects, Oh my you guys. God, my mind it's is all blown. There. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. You get it? June, what was it? June 30th and July 6th. You get it? You get it. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. Of course. I mean. <laughs> yeah. We're I, on the you, same level. You you know what I'm saying? And they're all fucking vampires, man. Oh, yeah. Man, totally. And zombies, too. Zombies. Yeah. They're zombies of the government. Thank you. Yes. You know exactly what I'm saying. Oh, we're <laughs> on the same way, Mike. This is so dumb. Oh, man. <laughs> so, anyway. Back to Galate. So Ghislaine is still hanging out with people, but she doesn't have any money. She's still hanging out with all her friends, all her rich friends. She's supposedly broke, which in a way she is. She only has the trust to live on, which compared to, well, supposedly only has the trust to live on, I should say. You know, we don't know about offshore accounts and all that. Yeah. But compared to how she was living, where she could like flaunt her money, she's basically broke in her circles, <laughs> is what we'll say. Oh, yeah. The, the richest <laughs> will ever be is how broke she is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <no shit>. <laughs> <laughs> so she tells her friends in New York that she's there to start her own business ventures. And then supposedly she began working in real estate. A few months after she broke up with the Count, Ghislaine started dating Jeffrey Epstein. It's not exactly known when Ghislaine actually met Jeffrey or how. Most people say it was at a party, which makes sense. Uh, a former business partner of Epstein's said that they first met years before 92 and that he had introduced them, which sounds like the businessman is just like trying to, you know, like insert himself yeah. into the story. Mm. Although I'm sure yeah. now he's like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I yeah. <laughs> no, this was post this was post really? Epstein's death. 
that he said that. Yeah. He's still bragging oh, wow. about it? <laughs> well, he just wants a piece of the pie. You uh, know. Uh, he does realize he wasn't the pie a pedo. Is, is a bunch of um, has been touched by a bunch of molesters, right? Like everybody it, everybody yeah. wants to be famous for for just having some sort of an association. It's like knowing Sinatra at this point for these stupid ass people. Yeah, yeah, there was an interview. There was an interview with the count, and they were like, "What did you think when you know you found out that Ghislaine was dating Epstein?" He and he he was reported to have said, "I can't believe that she did this. My heart is broken." <laughs> and they were like, "In how many pieces? One, one piece, <laughs> two, two pieces." And he went on and on for about fifty-four yeah. pieces. <laughs> fifty-four pieces is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. The count. The count was. He was. He was broken up. Yeah, I get. I mean, fifty-four pieces. I mean, I can imagine he was broken up. You know, he was purple good. with envy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems like people want to want to be a part of it. So who knows? Maybe he did introduce them, or maybe he would just wasn't a pedo, but was like, I still want to be a part of the story. Dude. It's not fair. It's like it's like Mac and it's always sunny when he's pissed that he wasn't molested. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> wearing booty shorts and stuff. One friend of Epstein's, an ex-actress who met him in the late 80s, was very eager to talk. Um, she talked to the Mother Jones publication. She claims that Epstein and Ghislaine met a little before her father's death. At the time... She said, Epstein had a crush on Ghislaine, but she blew him off. Treated him like crap, she said. And when her father died and she ran out of money and needed his help, he went in for the kill. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good impression. I like that. <laughs> I don't know where she's from. I'm just assuming she's a washed up 80s actress. So. The Mother Jones piece said that Quote, even though he would soon become bored and done with her, essentially, mm. Epstein continued to take advantage of Maxwell's emotional vulnerability and eventual attachment. According to this actress, who they called Julie in the article, the remainder of the relationship was built on resentment, mutual jealousy, and a toxic codependency. So basically what Ghislaine was already used to from her father. That's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. The actress said that, quote, he resented her for rejecting him when she didn't need him. And now that she did, he was going to exploit it. She used him and he used her. And that's where this whole sexual production line came in. She needed to be essential for him. Recruiting girls is how she kept her place. She had value for him. She ran his house. I'm loving this. I'm loving this character that you have created. <laughs> it started out like a Jerry Springer like like retort, and then the drama kicked in, and it was like, oh, no, no, no. This is a New Line Cinema feature. Yeah. <laughs> Something's happening here. Harvey guy tells me the other corner, he's like, this is crazy. <laughs> An ex-girlfriend of Epstein's told Vanity Fair that Epstein told her that Ghislaine was a former girlfriend 
and he was helping her back, get back on her feet when she fell in hard times. I don't know if this is the same actress slash ex-girlfriend because she remains anonymous in both. So it might be. Hmm. But if he told two different, I mean, I'm sure he told a bunch of different people the same thing, but he always said kind of this similar thing about like, oh, I'm just helping her get back on her feet, blah, 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 which might have been true. I mean, it seems like that's that's most likely what happened is like he knew that she was poor as fuck and was like, I can use her to my advantage and blah, blah, blah. And her too. Can we just, I just want to put this in perspective. Poor as fuck. She she was making over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So uh, Lori, that's poor uh, as fuck. Lori, a hundred thousand a year can't even buy you two good Birkin bags. Okay, <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing. I yeah. just I keep wanting to bring back perspective. We're acting like this is a woman who was like destitute and was like, please, sir, can I have some? Please help me. I'm so poor. Yeah, I guess you do have to put this in the perspective. Yes, but I mean, it's tragic, really, what it happened. Is. To it it. Is. No. My heart's breaking. We are not Marriott people anymore. <laughs> we are double trees. <laughs> that's worse. Double tree is where I'm at. That's, that's, I, I just got there. Like, that's my status right now. I'm just I like, just yeah, I'm on a double tree. Oh, two trees. Ah. I got them two trees. Nice. <laughs> what up with those two trees? I just moved my parents up to the, what was it, the Kirkland echelon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what? But our not families, us. Our family's moving on up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in the 2016 indictment, Ghislaine says that she started working for Epstein sometime in 1992 managing his various properties. Specifically, she said she was, quote, consulting with decorating the houses and hiring staff to help run those houses. She said that once properties began being built, she also helped hire contractors and construction companies. And I love that that's her job, just calling to arrange shit. Mm-hmm, that's her job. Well, I mean, yeah. In essence, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I got to be with the girls. I would I I feel like I would thrive with an intern. Like I like somebody who could <laughs> call call people, make appointments for me, keep my schedule. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. You would still have to communicate with the intern, oh, Lori. Well, then I just hire somebody else to communicate. With <laughs> Next thing you know, she's got twelve assistants who don't know what don't know yeah, what to do. Yeah, don't know what, what to do at all. They just hang out in her room with notepads. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm gonna take a nap. And they're like, for the love of God, just give us something. In 1983, Epstein purchased his New Mexico ranch, which he called Zorro Ranch, which is great, very original. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me think of the Zorro lot at the ABC Studios. Mm-hmm. Why? Are there underage children, girls there? <laughs> yeah, the place is clad <laughs> with young girls. I just didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know why specifically that. It's just the Zorro lot. I don't know. I got to be honest. That was what I exactly what I thought. That you were like, oh, there's some shit that went down at ABC Studios. I wasn't going to get oh, into shit. it. Shit. <laughs> 
I point that out because it's no, there's no doubt that he bought the ranch on Ghislaine's advice. And that was the crux of their relationship. Epstein had money and Maxwell knew exactly what to do with it. She had more than just access to investors and allegedly good taste. I mean, I don't know. Um, she had access to the world's elite, royalty oh. and nobles, and the most prominent politicians all over the world. I think that before her, and mo most people do, most people think that before her, maybe Epstein knew a couple of, you know, a couple of weirdo pedos out there that were rich, mm -hmm. but nothing like the twisted world that is the aristocracy. Mm. Oh, so like Ghislaine was like the Willy Wonka of pedophiles. She was like, come with me. Yes. And you'll see. <laughs> Well, wouldn't she be an Oompa Loompa? I mean, because then Epstein was more, Epstein was the Willy Wonka, right? She, well, she opened oh, the door. Yeah. She yeah. opened the door to the chocolate factory. So Ep he's Charlie. Epstein's Charlie. So he's Charlie. Yes, he is Got Charlie. It. Okay. And yeah. the grandfather is. A piece of shit. Les Wes Wexner. <laughs> Les Wexner, yeah. The grandfather is still the worst person to everybody. Yeah. How do you yes. wait that long to finally notify your family that you can walk? So, you know. <laughs> oh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> so, once they started, when she started working for him, Ghislaine moved into Epstein's New York townhouse. Albeit, she remained closed about the nature of the relationship to her friends. One cheeky source... <laughs> told Vanity Fair that she invited him there. And he was surprised by the place, so he asked her, Whose house is this, Ghislaine? Who lives here? My friend. Well, is he banging you? What's the scoop here? She didn't say, so the source went on to say, She would never bloody let on. I didn't get further than the drawing room. She was very, very cagey about me being there. I didn't have an affair with her. But I certainly chased her for a bit. She was sexy and fun. I guess if Epstein had seen me there, he would have been really pissed off to have some young dude who was trying to shag his friend. And that was Pierce. What the hell are you doing on the phone with my wife? I think, I don't know who said that they're the novice source, but my guess is, um, I think I'm going to go with Hugh Grant. Oh, I was going to say Piers Morgan. <laughs> that works better. <laughs> <laughs> or Jimmy Seville, because we, we already Jimmy know who, we already know who he is. <laughs> oh man, God! So Epstein and Maxwell were seen everywhere together on the Manhattan party circuit, along with Donald Trump, as early as 1992. So right after she she claims to have started working for him. Is that clip of them in ninety? Yeah, yeah. So Cash is talking about the next thing I was going to talk about, which is now an infamous video from the NBC News archives that shows Epstein and Trump hanging out at Trump's Mar-a-Lago private beach club in Florida uh, with Ghislaine giggling behind them talking to another dude. Such a gross little Ugh. clip. It's like, and I'm not sure if somebody has tried to like decode the whole thing, but you could definitely hear him Trump in like the first few seconds that he's talking to Epstein being like she's really hot 
yeah, about he's, whatever, like whoever they're staring uh, at. He's pointing off. He's pointing off screen to somebody, and he says something lewd to make even Epstein be like, "Jesus, dude." Uh, yeah, and it's so fucked up. There's only one good part of this video, and his stupid dance. No, 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 not at all. It's the fact that they're playing Technotronic, which is dope. <laughs> Shout out to Technotronic. Pump up the jam. That's my shit. Ninety two. You know, Cash. God I, damn. I just love silver linings. I love your optimism. You know, you look at life. You 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 look at a room full of pedophiles and you go, hey, they got at least they got good music. You know. I mean, give me something. Yeah. Pump up the jam. Pump it up while your feet are stomping. <laughs> Sorry. So um, here's a little bit more detail. You can we'll we'll like post the link of that if you haven't seen it, but you could easily search it too. It's uh, Trump Epstein Mar-a-Lago '92. It's going to be like the only clip that comes up. Here's a little bit more about how people perceived Epstein and Ghislaine's relationship from an interview in Vanity Fair. Uh, There's a quote that says. Ghislaine floated in and out of the house with the keys. And even though Jeffrey told me they didn't have a sexual relationship, she'd drop under her breath that she was sleeping in his bed from time to time, says an ex-girlfriend. Another woman that said, that said she was close to Maxwell said that she used to joke about keeping herself rail thin because Epstein liked thin girls, she said. She said that Maxwell said, I do it the way the Nazis did it with Jews. The Auschwitz diet. I just don't eat. (laughs) Holy shit. Dear God. The author of the Vanity Fair article does, (laughs) does point out that Ghislaine's father is Jewish, which I think that he felt the need to preface with as an excuse to try to get away from with this joke, but. I mean, she, the author does not need to excuse Ghislaine. No, don't excuse her. I mean, post no. it, write about it, because she said that shit. Yeah. But fucking don't lighten that load, man. That's I'm, I'm sitting here shocked. 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 That's horrible to say. Jesus Ugh. Christ. Oh, pish posh. That's so disgusting. Oh, Cash, calm down. Yeah. It's just a bit of folly. <laughs> That's from now on. That's how I imagine Ghislaine sounds like. <laughs> like yeah, it, it's Ray Purchase. Yeah, uh, it's just Ray. Rachel Purchase. So we don't yet know exactly when Ghislaine started recruiting young girls for Epstein, but it seems pretty like it happened pretty quickly after the relationship began. In 1993, they put out an ad in Yoga Journal. By they, I mean Ghislaine and Epstein. Seeking a yoga instructor willing to travel for a private individual. Then I found that in an interview with Mother Jones, there was a yoga instructor. Because there's this really compelling, great article titled something along the lines of, like, I called every number in Epstein's little black book by a reporter who... Um, published it with mother jones and so that one it's so juicy it's the juiciest but in that one there's a yoga instructor that she interviews i think it's the one who took the job Mm. uh, because this person said quote i met him on his 39th birthday 
The last time I saw him, it was shortly after Clinton left the White House. It was 2001, maybe 2002. I was with him in Palm Beach, Columbus, Ohio, and New York, and Santa Fe. I did a lot of... It's a long story. It's a complicated story. It's a long story. Then he went on to say, which is really weird. It's really shady. <laughs> Very good dramatic pauses. Yeah. Then he went on to say, or they, I don't know if it was he or she. I spent a lot of time with Ghislaine. She gave me a, f- she gave me a lot of insights. My last contact with her was, she used to come out here with Prince Andrew. <laughs> so the guy, the person is just dodging the questions. He almost, he keeps almost saying, like, oh, I saw some shit. I might have done some shit. That's uh, to me. That's what he's saying. Jesus. Yeah, but he just keeps cutting himself off. Like, shut up, use. Shut up. Shut up. I went on a camping trip with my uncle. It was dark in the woods, and he told me that I really should try to. There were Oreos there. <laughs> we ate them. <laughs> they were good until I spread some on my. It was cold. <laughs> Too cold. Get hot to the touch. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like that, like we were saying in the beginning that that there's like a version of like attention seeking. I feel like that's attention seeking because then it becomes like, you're like, what could he be possibly hiding? And then it's like, you want to like get it, like get him to reveal his secret. And then he's like, oh no, I'm, ooh, I'm a little shy boy. I'm not going to reveal it. I'm not going to talk about it. And it's like, oh, okay, well then fuck you. Like just either tell us or don't. Yeah, maybe, but there's also the fact that this yoga instructor asked to remain anonymous. Well, so even when the reporter asked that, like, well, the reporter did ask, like, can you tell me more about what you did and I'll keep you anonymous? And the yoga instructor said, like, nah, because it was a really small circle back then and they would immediately figure out who I was. So maybe, maybe not. I think you're. I think that there's a high chance that yeah, this is just another one of these people trying to latch onto the story. But this is also starting to get into the territory of like what you were saying earlier, where like why would you want to be this attached? Yeah, yeah. That's so. I would yeah, love it fair. if they only had one yoga instructor. <laughs> just like, the one ever. Yeah, they're like, it's Cody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cody. Like it's we know it's you. Like. You've been here 30 years. Oh, no. Or like. Dudes, not. When, so when the reporter asked what was Glenn like, he said he just like deviated and he was like, oh, God, that's a whole other story. Uh. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. That, see, this guy, I feel yeah. like it's bullshit because, yes, that is a whole other story. <laughs> that's why we're asking. <laughs> like. It's just, what what did you think you were gonna just be like well let's continue with uh epstein no oh my god this guy <laughs> yeah so that was the yoga instructor i really recommend that article it's great but anyway he definitely one, he definitely answers things like i feel like a yoga instructor would answer things yes in the most convoluted yeah. and confusing way possible non yeah non-answers yes yeah should my back be hurting like this? Do you want your back to be hurting like this? Your back is telling <laughs> you something. Are you listening? Yeah. Are you listening? 
I am now. I don't focus and breathe. <laughs> uh, uh, that's me breathing. <laughs> one of the victims, one of the victims of Epstein and Maxwell, would later say that Ghislaine also tended to wear a large diamond ring, which she called her engagement ring. It may have been a part of gaslighting a child, but the victim recalls that Ghislaine would also say things like that she was the only one that Jeffrey slept with and that it often felt like Ghislaine would do anything for Epstein, honestly really would have died to marry him and that he trumped everyone else in her life. Which I believe. I think that she was desperate to marry this dude because it would have afforded her financial security no matter what. Once mm-hmm. you're married, yeah. like she could have, even if she divorced him, she would have gotten a ton of money. You know who this reminds me a lot of is uh, Ava Braun, Hitler's wife. It kind of reminds oh, me a lot yeah. of that because she, like, she very much so was like, oh, my whole life revolves around whether or not he'll, you know, he'll smile at me. Or whatever, yes. whatever her stupid thing she said was, and so yeah. yeah, I just think that these women are just so used to these powerful men favoring them. So it, it's almost like, oh, well, he he's a dick and in uh, asshole to everyone else, but to me, he he cuddle, he likes to cuddle or some something stupid like that, and it's yeah. like that excuses right. all their shitty behavior. Yeah. Plus, Ava Braun probably made the same bad Jewish jokes that Ghislaine did. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even worse. <laughs> except, th- except then they were new. Yeah. Um, but seriously, folks, uh, is Ghislaine, is she, is she bisexual? Pro- well, yeah, she molested the girls with Epstein. I think she's, uh. I think she's opportunistic sexual. I think she, yeah. whatever, whatever's in the moment, it will, will get her the best, uh, you know. Whatever's like, there. Bang for her buck, she'll do. Got it. Yeah. British TV personality Christopher Mason knew and hung out with Maxwell uh, back in New York those days. And he said that she was one of the first people to have a cell phone. He said that Epstein would call her and demand and demand shit like soup if he was sick from her, from Ghislaine, not from his staff. So she would like drop everything and go to him. Um, he'd also call Epstein would also call her every few days or so at least that's what it felt like like it was just like every almost like every three days and ask what the weather was like in Florida Paris or New Mexico which are the places that he had properties at which point Ghislaine would jump into action and make travel arrangements and make sure everything for the house was in order before they left so this was her job for him basically not just managing the house. On call 24-7. Mm-hmm. In 1996, Maria Farmer, a New York-based visual artist, filed a complaint against Epstein and Maxwell. To her knowledge and to ours, so far, she is the first person to file a formal charge of sexual abuse against them. This is all the way back in 96. Epstein wasn't arrested until 2019. She said that she met Epstein in 1995 when she was 25. Unnoticed to most people at the time, 
Epstein had served as a board member for the New York Art Academy from 1987 until 1984, which she attended. He remained close friends with co-founder Stuart Pivar, who co-founded the college, the private graduate school with Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. More on Pivar later. Good Christ. At her 1995 thesis art show, the dean, Ellen Guggenheim of the Guggenheims, the New York Guggenheims? The New York Guggenheims, yes, the oh, very one. <laughs> Introduced her to Epstein and Maxwell. Epstein offered to buy her painting for half off at $6,000 in exchange for providing her connections to the art world. Maria agreed and sold him the painting. This part, this part is a little, it's, this, this part is a little creepy for me. I think the QAnoners can run with it. She later told the New York Times that the piece was based off of Edgar Degas's 1869 painting called Interior, which is also referred to as The Rape. The Degas painting, I looked it up, depicts a man standing against a wall, gazing at an unaware woman that, are, that is feet from him. To me... The original piece by Degas just so happens to hold an eerily similar look to Epstein, the guy in it. Just a thing. I'm not saying it's anything, but it's a thing. He's got a long face. You get it. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're on the same. We're, it's all coming back. 1869 yeah. to now. Yeah. Vampires. It's a big question. Yeah. Question starts with Q. That's right. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Mm-hmm. You're picking They're up eating babies. You're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> They're eating babies every time, there. man, like cookie crumbs. Oh, so Lord. then in '96, <laughs> so then in '96, Epstein hired Maria Farmer to work as an art advisor for him. So basically, she was doing shopping. She was shopping art for him. But she said in her 2019 affidavit that her job also included checking in and taking down the names of everyone who came into his New York mansion. She said she often saw young girls, still in their school uniforms, arrive at the mansion. When she asked Ghislaine about them, Ghislaine said that they were there for modeling auditions for Victoria's Secret. Farmer also says she often saw famous lawyer Alan Dershowitz stroll in like he owned the place often when she knew other girls were there in the house at the same time alan dershowitz i feel like walks in anywhere like he owns the place he would walk into like a a bathroom at a subway station and be like all right get me some paper towels <laughs> and a young girl <laughs> yeah yeah. And a young girl. yeah that's the problem is everywhere he goes he just asks for a young new bio girl yeah <laughs> like sir this is a <laughs> and they're like this is a uh, Jersey Mike's <laughs> here making sandwiches. It's always sandwich shops. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take a young girl on right. <laughs> oh my goodness. They're oh like, boy. hey, dude, no. <laughs> Just one subway gives him a young girl. It's like, I knew it. I knew eventually if I kept asking. Crack the code. <laughs> so that same year, Epstein arranged for Maria to work on a project at Leslie Wexner's mansion in Ohio. She said yes and brought along 
her 15-year-old sister, and two younger brothers because she was taking care of them at the time. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. After Maxwell and Epstein met her sister in Ohio, Farmer mentioned to him that her younger sister Annie was looking to go to college. Epstein offered to help. He called their mom and offered to put Annie in a special school in Thailand. That summer, they also flew Annie out to Epstein's ranch in New Mexico and subjected her to giving Epstein a massage while topless. At the time, Annie's mom had agreed to let Annie go on the idea that it was a field trip for multiple kids. That was not the case. It was just Annie when she got there. There was a special picnic as part of the New York Art Academy that was held during that same time at Epstein's ranch, which Ellen Guggenheim attended. But after the trip, Annie was sent to Thailand for schooling. I don't know what school. I couldn't find what the hell you need to send a 15-year-old to school in Thailand for. Yeah, if somebody was like, we got to take your daughter to Thailand, I'd be like, <clears throat> what now? Yeah, so yeah. We're going to take her there for a college preparatory thing and be like, no. <laughs> no. And Why don't now, you go I'm fuck yourself? Punch you in the face. Yeah. yeah. My daughter. <laughs> well, first off, sorry, I hit the mic. First off, I, I would be like, ah, seems suspicious. I don't know why you feel like my daughter deserves to go to Thailand. Like, <laughs> deserve. I'm talking about I'm talking about my dad. My dad would never my dad would never ever ever suspect that anyone would try and molest me, but he would just think that you're trying to get <laughs> you're trying to get money out of him. You'd just be like, I don't know why you think my daughter's so special. That would be his attitude. <laughs> That's the worst way to put it. That's great. Later that summer, after the molestation in New Mexico, Maxwell and Epstein returned to Ohio and tried to rape Maria who fled and barricaded herself in another room. She was able to reach her dad on the phone and begged him to come get her. So he drove down from Kentucky, but the staff at Wexner's mansion, the guards in particular, did not let her leave for at least 12 hours. What? Yeah, she was held hostage. Jesus Christ. That's terrifying. Yeah. Kentucky, I'm surprised they didn't have a fucking, fucking gad on him or something. No, the dad came down from Kentucky. The um, Wexner's mansion is in Ohio. Uh, oh, okay. So finally, she was let go. Maria then contacted her sister in Thailand, who confessed to her the abuse she had suffered in New Mexico, along with another occasion where Epstein had taken them both to a movie. So this was before the Ohio trip. He had taken them both to a movie while in New York, and had secretly sexually assaulted Annie while all three sat in the theater. Jesus Christ. Do we know what movie it was? Call it. I'm sorry. It's 1996. I don't know what movie it was. A lot of movies. Back to the Future. That came out way earlier. (laughs) This timeline doesn't match up. I'm going to say Independence Day. Oh. Which is ironic. So upon her return to New York... Maria went to the New York police to report Epstein and Maxwell, who told her that she needed to contact the FBI to report a sexual assault that happened in Ohio. Maria did, but the FBI did nothing at the time. Maria immediately 
started receiving threatening phone calls from Ghislaine and Epstein, threatening to ruin her life if she spoke out anymore. Here are some movies that came out in 1996 that I feel like would be bad. Space Jam. Big Night. Why do you think it was a bad movie? It would be bad to watch if you were getting molested. Uh, Big Night? Fear. Oh, the Stanley Tucci project. The Stanley Tucci. Fear? Yeah, Fear. Fear is bad. Fear? Set it off. Fear is bad. Set it off. Broken Arrow. Oh, I remember the theme from that song. I could play play it on guitar. It's so stupid. Yeah. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Never saw that. Marvin's Room. Gina Davis is Sam Jackson. That bad. Yeah. Marvin's Room. Uh, Stealing Beauty. Mm. Uh, let's see. Scream. Scream. Classic. Uh, wow. Scream is that old. The, Scream is old as shit. English, Holy shit. The English Payson. I didn't know that came out then. Uh, my mom, I bet that was it. That's like a four hour movie. My mom loved that stupid movie. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a long one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that thing you do. That's the last one. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. It's horrible. Every single time you hear that song, you'd be like, get into a tree. It's horrible. Oh my god. Maria kept trying to denounce Epstein and Maxwell. She went to the people of her school, including Guggenheim, who refused to believe her. She also went to her own mentor, Fischel, and the New York Academy uh, Art Academy co-founder, Stuart Pivar. Until the last couple of years, Maxwell and Epstein succeeded in ruining Maria's career. They blackballed her in the art world. And she lost all her clients and contacts. In 2003, she was contacted by Vanity Fair reporter Vicki Ward regarding her claims against Epstein. Her part in the story was stricken from the record before it was published. Ward, the author, later said that she believes her editor bowed to pressure from Epstein to not publish that part of the story. Epstein knew there was shit on him already. He kept asking Vicky Ward, what do you have on the girls? What do you know about the girls? It's ridiculous. He, he so. would send like an email. You know how like when people, we, we, this has happened to us in comedy, when people want something from you and they send you an email and they're like, hey, how's it going? How's your family? <laughs> oh, I saw on Instagram that you're blowing up on Instagram. Anyways, um... Any news about those girls that I supposedly molested? <laughs> <laughs> exactly that in the comedy world. Exactly yeah. that. <laughs> Often sent by white dudes in plaid shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in bands. Sometimes in bands. Uh. So, unable to get away from the death threats, Maria moved numerous times and eventually changed her name. She hid in North Carolina for nearly 24 years, selling antiques and giving up hopes of being a famous New York artist. 24 years. Ugh. It's fucked. During that time, in 2006, the FBI, who claimed to have no record of talking to her in 96, contacted her Mm. with follow-up questions after more abuse allegations had been brought against Epstein. Then they contacted her again in like 2016. But, you know, they never talked to her in the first place. You gotta love that. Yeah. After being diagnosed with a brain tumor in 2019, Maria decided to try and fight again. 
she filed a sworn affidavit in New York regarding the 1996 abuse. She said that the most shocking part of her abuse was the trust that Ghislaine pretended to instill in her and other young girls. She said something along the lines of the worst part was that a woman was the, you know, inciting factor in all this. Yeah, that's tough. As a result of her 2019 affidavit, the New York Art Academy opened an investigation on farmers' claims that Guggenheim had introduced her to Epstein. At first, the Academy cleared Guggenheim, who claims to not know Epstein at all and not and denied introducing them. Students at the time filed a petition angry that the initial investigation contained a lot of victim blaming and didn't focus on why Epstein was a part of the board or his involvement in the school in the first place. Guggenheim and two other women later resigned. To note, for our cures, Naomi Watts also resigned from the board on, quote, unrelated circumstances one week earlier. Ooh. The Naomi Watts. What time, what, 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 what year was this? This uh, was in, I want to say 2020. Oh, okay. This is now. Damn. Yeah. So she's already made her claim to fame as an actress. Naomi Watts? Yeah. She's on there because she's an actress, or was part of it because she was an actress. It's kind of the thing. Like, she was famous and then started doing, right. you know, what she sees as philanthropic movements, which is helping an already super rich school. Yeah. Huh. Which oh, is I good. See. It's good for I her. I didn't know this. She's dating Billy Crudup. I did not know that. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so, this is kind of a sad, kind of fun, kind of sad and fun tangent about what Stuart Pivar said in in the interview with the Mother Jones reporter. Uh, he went on a super long rant and she actually ended up transcribing the whole conversation. So oh, these no. are just these are like three of his quotes. Now the guy at the time is like 90 years old. It doesn't excuse anything. I'm just prefacing that. <laughs> He called Epstein his best pal for decades. And after his death, he defended Epstein, saying he was a very sick man. Here are some of the golden nuggets that he dropped. On nature and civilization, he said, <coughs> And so all, these, all kinds of rules get made. And nature is not allowed to take its course on account of civilization. Jeffrey broke those rules <laughs> big time. But what he was pursuing was the kind of, I, I suppose, sexual urges, which would, why am I telling you this stuff for? Leave me alone. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> On Epstein accuser, Virginia Jeffrey Roberts, and Epstein's child sex ring, he said, Anyone who did not, one thing, let us say to some 60-year-old trollop who would come to his house, Time after time, and then afterwards, bitch about it. Why no one would pay attention, except Jeffrey made an industry of it. And then some more on nature and civilization, <laughs> he said. The business of sexual attraction, the attraction of males and females in its natural state, is not the same as it, what happens when civilization puts all kinds of rules. 
because sexual attraction starts at a very, very young age. When I was 14, I had to deal with a girl who was only 13. And somehow, I remember, it was at summer camp. And I stopped having to do it with her because of the tremendous age gap. <laughs> Damn it, dude. This kid's the worst. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're welcome. I closed my eyes. I it closed my eyes. It was great. And I was talking to this You're man. welcome. Just You're now. welcome. No, 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 no. You are welcome. Nobody understands. Into the school of acting. Nobody understands how hard it is to get your penis out of your pants when you're 90 years old. He's here again. He's returned. Hello, Stuart. Yes, hello. Go away, Mr. Pilar. Look, Jeffrey Epstein was a sicko, but Galay was a real bitch. (laughs) <laughs> it's a direct quote. Yes. <laughs> so, back to the 90s. In 1997, Delane, now 35, was on the cover of Hello! magazine and had a featured story about her comeback after her father's death. She said that she sold antiques to wealthy buyers and was a self-made woman now and proud owner of her New York apartment. That's not really true. Not really. (laughs) But okay. That's in 1987? That's in 97. Wow. Now, real quick, back in 1990, before they were officially hanging out, Epstein purchased a Palm Beach, Florida estate for $2.5 It's now worth $15.5 if you were curious. Then in 91, a man named Juan Alessi began working for him as his butler. Epstein would call him John, not Juan. He never bothered oh to Oh, my God. Um, yeah, really annoying. Juan and his wife both worked at the house. Alessi worked from him from 1991 into 2012. He said that in the late 1990s, Ghislaine started staying at the mansion often. He said that when she first arrived, she told him that she would take care of the house from now on. That's also when the parties at the mansion started Mm. and when the girls started filing in. Mm. Alessi said Ghislaine would ask him to procure a list of all the massage parlors in Palm Beach. And then she would. Yeah. And then she would have him drive her around to all of them. She'd go in and grab business cards and come back out. He also would drive her to Mar-a-Lago a lot. He said that she would send him to the bank to withdraw large amounts of money, like $10,000 at a time, bring it back, and he would pay the girls. He would write the girls uh, like a receipt, like a petty cash receipt, but he claims to not know what it was for at the time. <laughs> In an interview, he called Ghislaine the devil. He dis- and he said that she knew exactly what she was doing, even though he didn't. Ha- he had no idea. <laughs> he uh, he described how he often had to go clean off various sex toys Ghislaine and Epstein left in her bathroom sink. Oh, yeah, he had to put on. It's disgusting. You're making the butt like yeah, clean off your that's shit. Gross. It's disgusting, dude. Yeah. Ew. Degenerates. The complete degenerates. That's so. Foul. You know what? Mm-hmm. Clean your own sex toys. Okay. Exactly, exactly. 
So the problem with Alessi is that he keeps changing his story. He's changed it. He changed it in the 2005 statement during a suit filed by Jane Doe number two against Jeffrey Epstein. And then he changed it again later um, in this suit involving Bradley Edwards against Al- Alan Dershowitz. Bradley Edwards is one of the lawyers who has represented a few of Epstein's victims. So he just keeps kind of, eh, you know, swimming back and forth. It's obvious that the guy knew a lot, yeah. knew everything. You're his butler. You know, you're his fucking Alfred. Alfredo. You're going to know everything. And your wife works there. Wouldn't, yeah. that, wouldn't that suck if, like, that was your dream to be, like, an Alfred to somebody's Batman, and then you find out that you're just the John <laughs> to somebody's Epstein? Yeah. <laughs> that would suck. Oh, it really like does this, suck. This guy is doing some crazy shit. Is he fighting crime? I thought he yeah. would be. Oh, he's... But no. Oh, so his cave is really just a dungeon where he sexually assaults women? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. great. Just like I, with a real Batman. I clean dildos. Yeah. But the dildos that I clean often have Batman villain names. <laughs> yeah. the, jo- the, jo- the rabbit. The Joker. The Joker. The yeah. Joker. yeah. Even though he changed the story, he did, however, maintain some key points. He maintained that Ghislaine managed many of the fairs of the house and that there were massage tables in nearly every room. Ugh. That Epstein offered guest massages as treats. And nearly everyone got one. There were at any given time anywhere from 50 to 100 masseuses, both male and female, coming in and out to give massages. Gross. Disgusting. It wasn't until his later statement he said that no one looked underage. So his second statement. He also states that he was the one that was driving Maxwell when she met and recruited 17-year-old Virginia Roberts, sorry, 16-year-old at the time, 16-year-old Virginia Roberts from Mar-a-Lago, where Virginia was working as a changing room attendant in 2000. Alessi also named Prince Andrew, Duke of York, as a regular at the Palm Beach home, along with David Copperfield and Donald Trump. He said that all of them would stay for, well, he said specifically that Prince Andrew would stay for extended stays. Mm. In a Vanity Fair article, a source that was close to Maxwell says that she spoke very casually about procuring girls for Epstein, saying that this was simply what Epstein wanted and describing the way that she'd drive around to spas in the area and trailer parks in Florida trying to meet young girls to recruit them and invite them to tea with Epstein. Ew. Yeah. She would claim that she had a phone job for them and she would say things like, quote, you'll make lots of money, meet everyone, and I'll change your life. Ugh. Yeah. The story speculated that, quote, Ghislaine was in love with Jeffrey the way that she was in love with her father. She always thought if she just did one more thing for him to please him, he would marry her. For a second, I thought you were talking I mean, about her, fa- her father, and I was like, wait, it's, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> but yeah, she's basically right. 
I also think that she kind of romant like she kind of makes it a little tragic where it's like, fuck Ghislaine, dude. She knew exactly what she was oh, doing. Oh yeah, she had a rough time. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's some people who truly. I mean, we always talk about yes anding into murder or yes and there are some people who truly like love the fact that they sort of can unlock this like horrible part of somebody's brain and they're like the only person. So then it becomes like that person solely, you know, is whole their whole like sexual makeup is right. just tied to this person. Like they're Ghislaine, uh, Ghislaine became the only person that uh, could essentially help Jeffrey Epstein attain what he wanted to attain, which is to molest young women. So that she, he, she, yeah. she got what she wanted. She became the most important person in this man's life. So, yeah, that's awful. For a while, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she became indispensable, which is exactly what she wanted. Ugh. The source says that one time she asked Ghislaine what she thought about the girls that she recruited. And that Ghislaine said to her, they're nothing, these girls. They're trash. Oh, gross. That's how she rationalizes the behavior. So in 1998, Epstein purchased Little St. James, a 78-acre private island within the U.S. Virgin Islands. He now had five known properties that Ghislaine, quote-unquote, managed. He had his Paris apartment on Avenue Falk, which is apparently one of the most expensive addresses in the world. Oh, wow. He had his $15.5 million Palm Beach estate. He had his New York townhouse. He had the ranch, Zorro Ranch, in New Mexico. And now he had the 70-acre private estate, or private island. Anonymous sources uh, that were close to Maxwell at the time said that she would have, this was so weird, she would have her rollerblades FedExed to the island oh, like the weekend that she was going over there. That's such a random, yeah. weird, rich person thing to do. It's totally, it's totally a thing. Like, I don't want to carry these, so I'll just have them shipped over. I yeah. gotta be honest. I mean, obviously, going to piece of shit for everything, but still, that's just a, it's a, it's a I gotta be honest with you. I still, up until this moment, still felt like maybe there was a glimmer of like self-realization. This woman has no; <laughs> she's totally not. She has no idea how awful she is. Yeah, I gave up on her the second that I realized she took a whole pack of cigarettes from people. I'm like, that's that's yeah, a when person she, that deserves to she die. She asked for one and took a whole pack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitch. I forgot about that. The fuck. <laughs> I would not have lasted at a Maxwell publication, that's for sure. Yeah. No, no, no. No. First day you would have been like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Maxwell also openly told friends that the whole island was completely wired for video. Ew. Yes. She either got or, because uh, earlier in part one, we mentioned that she had her helicopter's license. Now, that was from a source in her party days, and I don't know which party days that was. So she either got her license at this point or already had it. But either way, she used it, her helicopter's license, to fly passengers in and out of the island like she wanted so that they didn't have to hire another pilot if they didn't want them to see who their passengers were. Oh, man. And that is where we'll stop for part two 
of Ghislaine Maxwell, and we'll pe- pick up next time for the 2000s, the aughts. The aughts. Boy bands. Wow. Yes. Not in their group. Girl band. <laughs> oh, man. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been such a bad Epstein. I would have been so... What? Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> no, as, as, in like, as in like, hey, I am a socialite. What can I do? And I want to... You mean influence. a bad Ghislaine or a bad... I guess I would have been a bad Ghislaine because I would have pushed like candy and treats instead of young girls. I think you're yeah. talking to yourself, talking yourself into a, a corner. Yeah. I think I just want some candy. <laughs> Let's go get some. I would just, I would have just kept, you know what? I would have been a great Ghislaine because I would have been the kind of Ghislaine that you guys want, which is myself, which is somebody who's poor at, poor, terrible at planning. So I'd be like, oh, I was supposed to bring the girls now. Oh, shoot. Oh, sorry. I got like so many things I got to do. So I can't. I really don't I've, have time today. I'm going to oh, have to call it. I know I told you I was going to bring the girls, but uh, I accidentally planned a trip to Barbados. Uh, my girlfriend yeah. are going on vacation. I forgot to tell you. So, oh, awkward. Sorry. Also, I didn't bring girls. I brought sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you meant girl. I thought you were talking about like that fun new sandwich place that calls their sandwiches girls. Okay. All right. Uh... Oh, it's like Pizzagate. Oh, here we go. Uh, 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 the pizza is code for pedos, for wanting babies. I don't know what right. it is. And sandwiches is code for 14-year-old girls. Also, time to build a pizza wall. Ha- that's why there's so many subways. Hot dog, hot dog was boys. Pasta was little boys. What is the difference? Oh my god! <laughs> is that a big? Part? Yeah, is that that's part of the Q and on thing? We haven't uh, finished the whole thing. It's, it's on the we first episode. Finished. They give you that list. They show you that list where it's like, this is what the code word is, and po- hot dogs was boys and pasta was little boys. And I was like, what's the age range? Like, what are boys and what are little boys? So. <laughs> Like <laughs> that's a good that's a really good yeah, point. Like it's a really good point. It's a also, boy. how would you not how would you order that without seeming suspicious? Like, hi, I'd like a pasta, but not like a two big like an old pasta, like more of like a two two year old pasta, not a. Th- uh, they, there's yeah. codes. There's codes. You just walk in. You're like pasta primavera, please. <laughs> <laughs> that like, would be primavera means like oh spring so yeah. young which means young like spring chicken yeah which would mean you know like a like a five-year-old we need no, to stop i'm just the saying the last thing i'm gonna say okay let's, stop, is, let's stop, as stop. the three of us as we are as we know who we are how disappointed would we be if we ordered pasta primavera and we got little, little boys i would be like oh <laughs> yeah. come on where's the olive oil <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I send it back. I'm like, I can't finish this. I, I don't want this. Yeah. It's not al yeah. dente. I wanted to eat pasta. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Good night.